What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you awesome people out there that are just different. That's like the best way to sum it up. You guys are, you know, passionate. You're doing your own thing. You're drawing outside the lines. You play way outside the box. People probably think you're crazy. Um, you know, we we're dedicated to all of you, the artists out there, the the innovators, the CEOs, the hustlers producers, musicians, all of you guys carve your own path, right? Or at least you're thinking about carving your own path. And it's not always uh, an easy one, uh, especially when people can easily look at you and be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What you, you know, you must be crazy. You're not crazy. You just follow your intuition. And any of our guests that come on the show, they would tell you the exact same thing. I am telling you the exact same thing. Um, so you're definitely not alone. You're in very good company being here. I uh, want to extend a very um, big thanks to all of you guys. I mean, crossing over 4 million downloads, we're cranking, we're nearing, like I think, around 4.1 or 4.2 million. I really appreciate each and every one of you guys for taking the time to listen each week. For those of you that are newer, thank you guys for being here. I'm Matt Gottesman. It's nice to officially meet you. Uh, I always tell everybody you can follow along at Matt Gottesman over on Instagram for any of the other quirky things I'm up to because, you know, we're all we're all doing multiple things. Um, if you want to get in on the conversation uh, at the intersection of culture, creativity, and entrepreneurship, I write about it. I content about it over at HDF Magazine on Instagram. And of course, please follow along at Hustle Sold separately on Insta. You guys know you can reach out to me anytime. Those of you that are newer, you may not know this. I answer every single DM, text, response, reply on the wall, you name it. I do my absolute best to connect with each and every one of you and have for about seven, eight years. And I ain't stopping now. I think we're still babies in this game. So Appreciate each and every one of you. We've got another really, really great show. I'm I'm really amped about this, and uh, and it just came about uh, sort of in the last you know week, and so and it's a very it's a very unique topic that we're going to be talking about because I'm very passionate about it. So when I got introduced to this individual, uh, I was able to go on a tear, and it was like becoming soul brothers in the uh, in the interim of that. So uh, I've got Mohan Embar on, and he's a co-founder of Polytripper. Um, we're going to be talking about what that is here in a minute, but. Um, we're going to be talking about languages and culture for a second. I know like a lot of times we're talking about entrepreneurship or we're talking about spirituality or, or you know, mindset and how do we deal with our inner core and, um, you know, how do we, you know, figure out a new way of looking at something for what our passion is and all these things. And I'm going to tell you at the core of a lot of things, you're going to actually find culture, values, um, languages, you know, travel, things that actually invigorate your creativity, um, you know, increase your uh, brain capacity, which also, you know, invigorates your creativity, um, gives you new perspectives on the way you should, you know, way you can look at things, gives you new ideas, innovation, technology, understanding of the way people work. Like this topic is bigger than most people think. And it's been something that's been very um, passionate of mine for a long time because all of my education had been in international business and understanding and learning from other cultures, not going to those cultures and simply like bringing my Americanness there, but actually learning from those cultures about what's happening over there in any one of the environments I place myself in. So I'm really excited to have Mohan on. And um, 
I'll give you a little bit of context and background. He's a polyglot and software, uh, speaks multiple languages uh, and software engineer who's out to share one of the most low effort, high impact ways that hustlers like you can get a creative, cognitive and business edge, learn a foreign language. And by the way, I love, uh, uh, there's so much truth in that. You have no idea because I, I have worked for foreign uh, big brands and I have been immersed in other cultures. Being able to understand what they're saying or even attempting to, to even show respect to learn it is a very big deal because they look at you completely different from a place of trust. So just want to throw that out there. Uh, what really started as an aha experience for him, uh, he was reading the back of a, a can of Coca-Cola or Coca and uh, sorry, during his trip to India uh, when he was six years old and it turned into a lifelong obsession for languages and destroying the myths that hold people back from learning from them. He'll probably share that with us. Uh, he now speaks eight languages himself, which puts him in the top less than 1% of all language speakers and was recently accepted into the International Association of Hyperpolyglots. This is not an easy thing, people. Eight languages. Um, he's lived, worked, and studied in several European countries and recently co-founded a SaaS company, as I mentioned, called Polytripper, which connects language teachers to language students, um, but in a very different, more unique way. We're going to talk about that as well. And he's on a mission to destroy the myths that are holding people back from the massive advantages of learning a foreign language um, can give them. Um, and sometimes we, uh, as human beings, put a lot of barriers on ourselves to learning languages. So Mohan is going to help shape that and make that much easier for all of us. So welcome to the show, man. I appreciate having you on. Thank you. I, I thoroughly enjoyed listening to that introduction. I just want to, I feel like I just want to sit back and listen to you talk for the rest of this hour. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing. I, and I also want to say, and I've said this to you like offline, I couldn't be happier that I got you as my, like I, I like I told you before this started, I'm a podcast virgin. I've done like radio interviews before, but I've never done like an hour long podcast before. And I couldn't be happier that you're the first person that, that I got this with after that, like amazing introduction that just resonated with me so deeply. Thank you. Oh man, absolutely. Yeah. You know, when we connected uh, recently, you know, that this is a topic that's passionate of mine. You're like, oh, you get me. And I'm like, I do get you because <laughs> I felt very alone at times on this subject. So yeah. And I'm, and I'm yeah. glad, I'm glad that I get to, you know, be first with you with the, with the podcast. So, you know, I mentioned before the show, uh, the first question is always the same. It's, you know, this, this is a lot of languages. This is, a, um, and your journey is fascinating to me. So I would love for you to share with the audience, like, how how your journey into you know immersing yourself into so many cultures and really wanting to focus on so many languages and what that process was like a little bit and um and then of course all the way up to forming this company as part of your mission sure so like like you said i was so i was born in the united states my parents are from india but i was born in the u.s and my first trip to india was when i was six years old and I've, I had always, I always heard different languages before because my parents, although they spoke English with each other because they came from different parts of India where they had two different mother tongues, they had already spoken English with each other, but they spoke uh, their language with, like my mother would speak it with her brothers and my grandfather and my father would speak it with his parents and his sister. So I would hear that. And as a kid, like, I don't know if you read the comic books and you see like, you know, like learn, crack the code, you learn these letter ciphers where if you map A to B and B to C and stuff like that, you can scramble words and have like secret detective kind of codes and stuff like that. So I was kind of at the age where I was kind of thinking it was cool to have these secret codes and to write something that only a couple of people could understand and so on. And so I remember in India, there was like a can of cocoa and the back of it was both in Hindi and in English. And 
I didn't. I, I had only a vague notion of what a foreign language was at six, but I was reading this and I assumed it was like a substitution cipher where like one word in Hindi was the one word in English and so on and so forth. And I showed that to my uncle. I was like, this word in Hindi means this word in English. This word means this word. And I was just going sequentially. And he's like, no, Mohan, it looked like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, why? And I, I think that was really the, the spark that, that, I mean, I think it was really that spark that just drove that that search for why for the rest of my life. And um, so I didn't, I, I didn't have a lot to do with foreign languages except for learning German in high school. And um, this is like a whole other, like, I, I feel like with everything I tell you, we can get into like hour long discussions about it. Like we kind of like went off on tangents of the phone, but basically <laughs> I took high school German, but as a lot of people maybe know, the quality of uh, foreign language instruction in U.S. schools isn't all that great. I don't know if that that resonates with you. Did you take any like? Did you take any foreign language classes here in the U.S.? I did. You know, I took um, Spanish, and it ranged. There were some that were really good teachers, and then there were others where you, I just wasn't retaining it. You know, I had to go into uh -huh. the culture to really learn it. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I, it resonates with what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it, it depends. Like here, I live in Santa Barbara now, and at the high school, they actually have native Spanish, like native Spanish speaking teachers. So I'm assuming that the quality is a lot better. But where I was in the Midwest, man, like that, that was really like a crapshoot, like you said. And um, so anyway, I, I muddled through it. And the, the first real exposure I had to foreign languages was when I did my junior year abroad in Switzerland. And there I was like in the French speaking part. So the year before that I had taken like a university French class and I had learned some stuff, but it wasn't until I actually started befriending the Swiss students who were doing the exchange program in the other direction. And then going over there and then doing that year abroad, like I had taken three, three week language courses before I actually started the, the academic year. And I met like a bunch of people, including a lot of Germans that actually like to stick around with each other and speak German to each other. So I thought, okay, I'll resurrect my, my German at the same time. And I remember sitting up, like we just done a field trip with our French class to this one museum and we were all sitting outside and these Germans were just shooting the breeze with each other. And one of the girls, Susanna, she said, yeah, those Americans, she was just looking at me and Kevin speaking English. And she's like, yeah, those Americans, they don't speak foreign languages. She was saying this all in German to her buddies. Yeah, they don't speak so foreign languages and stuff like that. It's pretty sad. And I remember turning to her and saying, that's not true. And I could understand everything you just said. And she just kind of freaked out a little bit. And it was, it was funny. We ended up becoming good friends after that. But she did have a point. Uh, and, and my eyes were just starting to to get open to, to what it was to, to, to stepping into these parallel universes and seeing what things could be like from a different perspective, like you said. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I did my third year abroad and that was like probably one of the most formative years of my life. I'm probably dating myself, but, but that was before the Berlin wall fell down. So mm -hmm. I got to actually with one of my German friends who lived in West Berlin, um, I traveled there with him and I would get a day visa and I'd go to the other side. And at one point in time, I even snuck into this um, university in East Berlin, which you weren't allowed to do. You could get a day visa and see like the tourist sites, but you weren't allowed to go to the university. It was strictly off limits for foreigners. But I was just so curious. I just wanted to talk to those people and see what was life was like and so on. And so I snuck in there and um, I remember being in the cafeteria there and I talked to um uh I, there were these people across from me and they were speaking this language that I didn't understand 
And I asked them what language it was, and they said it was Polish. And they asked where I was from, and I said it was American. And they didn't believe me because I was, I guess I could cloak my accent well enough so as to not come across as like an American. <laughs> and then so I, I showed them my passport, and they started leafing through it, and they were like, looking at all these countries that they had never that they could never go to because at that time you weren't allowed to travel outside mm. of the, the Eastern Bloc. And they were just leaving through it. I remember that very vividly. And they were like, Geneva mm-hmm. and Paris and Amsterdam. <laughs> it was like, and then they were like, how did you, how did you get invited to this university? Cause it's, cause people aren't allowed to come in. I'm like, I just saw it and snuck inside and they just freaked out completely. They were like, don't you know that this is a socialist? They call it a socialist country, not a communist country. Don't you know this is a socialist country? You could get in big trouble and everything. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the more the more and more experiences I had like that, just hitchhiking in Germany, for example, that year, like I would hitchhike all over Germany because I wanted to see Susanna, the one that made fun of me outside of that museum. Um, I would hitchhike to see her all the time. She's like, oh, we're having like a carnival in, in Munich. Too bad you can't come. And like, oh, I'm there. Like, I'm, I, I didn't have any money. So I just hitchhiked over there. <laughs> and I, I remember like on the way home, like I went, I convinced this truck driver to like take me down this one stretch of highway. And um, he he didn't want to do it at first, but I just talked him into it. Later on, I, I developed a technique that um, it was actually dumb of me in the beginning. But later on, like in the beginning, I wouldn't get a lot of rides because people didn't know who I was. Um, but then like, Later on, I put on this fake American accent when I talk German, and then they'd be like, "Oh, you're American, yeah." I'll hop in. So you know, <laughs> I kind of awesome. gained the system like that. Um, but yeah, so I was—I remember I was with this truck driver, and we were driving, and then he found out I was American, and um, he was like, um, "I want you to write down some lottery numbers for me, so I can buy a lottery ticket." Because he had never met an American in his life, and this was like some kind of lucky day for him, or something like that. So I just, I don't know, I just, part of it was just getting a kick out of, I like when, when you, I don't know if you've had this experience in like, because you've told me that you've lived abroad, but when I go abroad, I have to kind of be a chameleon in the sense that I have to learn to see things from their perspective, like you said, and in order to learn a language and master a language, you have to be able to see things from other people's perspective, which as we'll go into later on, I think is like a huge edge for entrepreneurs to be able to like, acquire those kind of skills. But also, um, I never stopped being American. You know, I, I am pretty proud of this country. And, and, and we talked about this offline, too, about like the way that, you know, small businesses are, are much more, you know, it's easier to start a small business here than it is in a lot of other countries and, and so on and so forth. So I, I, I brought that perspective as an American but also as someone who had mastered their language and they was, was able to communicate that perspective to them and also understand them and validate them and not mm-hmm. be like this, like you said, the guy who just goes over there, like in a business sense, not knowing their language and just like be, is the American and, and just kind of imposes the American way and the American will onto everything. And um, it's that, that fascinating combination is something that I wish on everybody in this lifetime, um, just to experience that and experience these parallel universes that 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 you can experience when you just go and 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 be a part of foreign cultures and countries and stuff like that. I don't know if I'm rambling on or making no, sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense. I was actually just thinking about when you were saying, you know, have you experienced this? And you're absolutely right. I when I've gone abroad, um, it's funny because people tend to want to go um, to the most touristy spots right away. I don't. I mean, uh-huh. I want to see them, but casually and organically along the way, 
I want to go where all of the locals hang out because I want to learn from them. That's just the way I've always been. Totally. You know, so, that. so, um, be, and, and it's because if I go only to the, the, the touristy spots where, um, you know, which are completely catered to us in the first place and here's your English yes. menu and here's exactly. this and here's that and here's what you Americans want. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm here because I want to get an experience on what your culture and your creativity and your lifestyle is like. So for me, and and I think that when you go when you go straight to those touristy spots, you're still really inside your comfort zone. You're not really coming out of it. You're just basically going to look at some really cool monuments, but they're all completely catered to you from a you know English or a, an American standpoint. I yep. don't I don't want that. Like I'm I'm looking to break barriers, break you know limits, and and push boundaries so I can I can learn. And then to your other point, yeah, it's perspective because. We learn about our culture and have a respect for our culture one way. They learn about our culture another way. And so so I found from a business perspective and from a lifestyle perspective, learning to see how they view us as well as our advantages. And then also really learning from them about what their the do's and don'ts in their culture and what they have and their their have and have nots. So it's it's very eye-opening and liberating to like have all these perspectives because it definitely gives you, you know, new ideas and and new thoughts and new approaches and all these different things. So I, I completely agree with you. And I've, I've felt like that in every country I ever went to. Um, and you know, yeah, it, there, I wish I had, you know, outside of like Spain or Peru or, um, or any Spanish speaking countries, you know, I wish I knew a little bit more. I mean, I use a little bit of Italian in Italy. <laughs> it's very little or like a Serbo-Croatian, you know, in, in parts of Eastern Europe, a very, very little bit of it. But, you know, the enough words, enough words to show respect. Uh-huh. I have found that you can couple to gaming the system for anybody listening. Gaming the system could be it's OK to show that you're American. But if you learn a couple of their words and show them that you're also trying to learn their words, for the totally. most part, that combination of like, oh, you're American and oh, thank you for trying. We got you. Let's take care of you now. For the most part, not always, <laughs> not always. You still got to be, you know, you still got to be observant and know where to move and what to do. But I have found that that helps gain the system that shows them like, cool, like, thank you for coming to our culture and thank you for trying. You know, the Ex- friend- I, I totally agree. You wouldn't you wouldn't believe. And I've, I've experienced this so many times. You wouldn't believe how validating it is for them to actually genuinely care about their culture and not be like, you know, just steamrollering in there, like, you know, this is the way it is and this is the way who I am and this is how I'm going to do it. Just to, just that little, like like you said, a little bit goes a long way. It's just, like I said, I, I, I wish on everybody that they experience. And a lot of people don't realize, like you said, sometimes it just takes a few words. A lot of people don't realize what low-hanging fruit this is. People think that, and this is, this is something that... Um, that we also talked about, like the, the quality of foreign language instruction in the United States. And um, one of the things that I got from my, from my high school classes and from my college classes, especially my college classes, they were like boring as sin. Like I wanted to learn French. And then suddenly we were studying this 17th century French literature with Voltaire and Rousseau. And for people who like those people, bless their hearts, you know, like please go read Voltaire and Rousseau instead of me having to do that. But but man, it's just a lot of the stuff. I mean, when if you see this as a vehicle for connection, for human connection, and also if you realize that just learning a thousand words like gets you through 80% of conversational scenarios, 
Um, it's such low hanging fruit. And yet people try to obfuscate and complicate and, and, and just make this thing seem a lot harder than it is. And that's a shame because it holds people back from this low hanging fruit, which like you said, gives you this, can give you this edge as far as like a pers cultural perspective. It can give you an edge as far as like your mind being sharpened. It can give you an edge as far as, for example, they've shown that people, that people who are like bilingual or people who like know more than one language can delay the onset of dementia for like about four and a half years. It gives you the ability to like make better decision-making skills because mm -hmm. you can, mm -hmm. if you, if you learn to speak in foreign language, you can come, you have to learn how to analyze things on the fly and be and improvise on the fly. And if you can't express yourself in one way, cause you just don't know the right words, you have to find workarounds on the fly. Um, it's like I said, it's just, it's just amazing. I can't think of any other personal development thing that checks off so many boxes than learning a foreign language. Uh, so true. You know, um, well, it's interesting when I, so I, my fascination with quote unquote international business um, came as a child. I was about 18, 17, getting ready for college. And I chose international business as a, as a minor. Now you can imagine. So, so I'm 41 and this is the this is what 1997 and uh -huh. um and so the guidance counselors were like you know great you know international is and it was only understood more from way back when as like ah you know international trade and i was like no um there's this thing called the internet and i think it's going to really change the way we all connect uh, it's funny when I look back because that's some years ago, and it, uh -huh. like, and I just it's just funny because I'm just connecting the dots of my own life over time. And I was like, no, it's gonna change the way we connect, you know, with people, and call you know college guidance college. They were very nice. They were like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, I'm like, I don't think you understand. Like, you know, um, so for me, technology and culture and language international were going to create this global infrastructure of like the way we connect with each other right and so i uh -huh. i just i i felt like um what an advantage to to learn languages now and and how people operate in other countries as the internet evolves and we do more and more together over time and and now look you know i mean like i've got you know some people where um i've got a team of uh some people uh, from my agency that are in other parts of the world in other countries you know and like and we when we you know, I don't necessarily converse yet in their language, but I'm wanting to learn and um, and they learn mine, you know, they learn English and stuff. It's, it's just, it's very interesting that this world that we live in, there's just so many advantages to, um, you know, to leveraging languages and outside of what you were talking about as well too, which is, is huge is from a personal development standpoint, the amount of um, the cognitive side of it, that's because I remember when I had to, with Spanish, when people would approach I would have to, I'd first have to think about what they said. So I'd have to convert their Spanish into English so I can understand it internally. Uh -huh. Then I'd have to think about what I want to say in English and then convert into Spanish and speak it. And if you practice that enough, whew, you know, you start to, A, you start to find flow, but B, like, you, I can only imagine what that does for your brain power. I know. Yeah. I mean, there, there are all kinds of studies that show that. And also just the ability to to after a while it's kind of like it's kind of like a gps like you can use it initially and um like all translating from your language into your language but eventually 
you start to be able to like not have to do that. And that's like really, really cool. Like when you, when you get past that point and it may be that you never get past that point and that's okay too. What, what a lot of people don't realize is that, and this is why I hesitate to, to say, you see a lot of polyglots online that, that kind of go and talk to a billion different people in a billion different languages. And it's like, whoa, this is so impressive. But I kind of wonder if doing that, and this is, maybe you can help me with this. I kind of wonder if doing that actually helps your cause more, or if people see that, then they kind of think, they kind of live vicariously through you. And it's like, wow, okay, he's this, he's this rock star. He's doing all this stuff. And so it's kind of becomes more of like, let's just watch this person. It's like sitting on the couch and watching football versus going into the gym kind of a thing. So that's kind of like what I wrestle with as far as, as far as like touting that I speak a lot of languages and stuff like that, because I worry that it might discourage people into thinking that you have to be the super brain or something like that, which is not, I, it's, it's not, I mean, I do think I have a talent for languages, but I think, Languages are a lot more in reach than most people think, especially if you can undo all of the damage that a lot of these counterproductive uh, high school and college classes have done. You see what I'm saying? I do. And can we expand on this? Because the, I that I want to really dive into that because I know there's a lot of people who uh, would be listening um, and are like, okay, is it is it easier than I think to learn a language? And tell me there's a better way to do it for the, okay. so, so I feel like there's going to be probably several groups of people listening. Some they're like, Oh, you know, I never really thought about learning a language because I don't know. It just seemed hard. Some they're like, is there really an easy or easier way than I know that what I've, I've experienced in school. And then I feel like there's the ones that are just like, you got to show me a better way ASAP. <laughs> okay. Conscious. I'd be, I'd be happy to go into all that. Um, I think, and I just dreamt up this analogy this morning, actually. Um, when I think about, when I think about being, a, being an experienced language speaker and also language learner, for example, I want to learn Russian next, and I have full confidence in my ability to do that if I just put in the time, okay, as opposed to someone who's like, oh my God, can I do this? I'm able to do this. For me, it's just like, if you just give me enough time, I'll be able to do this, okay? And A, it's wonderful to have that clarity, and B, I think of situations that, that I don't have that clarity in other domains that other people do have that clarity. And let me give you an example. Like one of the things is going to the gym. Okay, we all know that exercise is important. We all know that we should go to the gym and so on and so forth, okay? And a lot of times when you think of going to the gym, you think of these super ripped people who spend three hours in the gym each day and and it's like, wow, look at their amazing bodies and stuff like that. And then there, there are two thought processes that go behind that. A, they're amazing and they put in all this time and stuff like that. And B, I'll never be able to do that because A, I don't know how, or B, I never be able to build three hours to go into the gym and so forth. Mm. And so just down the street from me, uh, there's this company called AC4 Fitness that opened up like a, some, some local gyms here. And they, they really found their message and they really found their target audience. I mean, their target audience is people like me who are intimidated by gyms and don't want to spend three hours there, but they know that you should go to the gym. They know exercise is good for you. And so they're like, you know, people, it doesn't matter how you look. And when you go in there, you literally see that there are people of all shapes and sizes that, that go to that gym and experience levels. And they're like, you know, just, just do a 20 minute workout. It's okay. You know, just do something, just do something instead of nothing, because something is better than nothing. See what I mean? And so I think this is probably true of any domain. There's so many people who think that you have to do these, first of all, like just look at entrepreneurship, for example, let's take an example that you know, 
you probably have seen a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs, but they have these completely uh, wrong ideas of what it is to be an entrepreneur. And one example of that is, for example, if I have an idea, then I should keep it a secret and work on it in my basement and then finish the entire product. And then like 10 years later, come out triumphantly with this product and stuff like that. And we all now know from things like the Lean Startup and and stuff like that, that that's not true. And you can even just talk about your ID freely because you have, if you have the clarity that other people don't have, then you'll make a million different better, better decisions than they will to execute on the, the outcome. So like now I freely talk about all my ideas. I don't worry about people stealing my ideas and so on. And so just like that with foreign languages, people have these really skewed notions um, that are, like I said, are fostered by in part by a lot of bad uh, high school and college classes. And it's really, really not that hard. For example, uh, with Polytripper, which is a, a site where you, which connects language learners to language teachers, uh, this is a model that's pretty unfamiliar with a lot of people, but it's really, if you go on there and get a professional teacher and just have them just walk you through the basics, just the process of learning a thousand vocabulary words and clumsily expressing yourself, A, that'll give you all those cognitive benefits that we mentioned, and B, you can do that in much, much, much less time than you think. I'm not going to name like specific time frames because different people have different, uh, you know, levels of time commitment and talent and so on and so forth. But that's the whole point. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't think that you need to have talent in order to do this. Just like going to the gym, if you put in the time, you will achieve what's best for you in the time that you devote to it. And that may be it's ridiculous to compare that to other people or say, I want to speak eight languages or 10 languages and so on and so forth. If you just try to do the best for you. And also the most important thing is to not lose interest. Just that's the most, the biggest overriding thing of anything advice that I could give potential language learners to just do anything that you can to not lose interest, be it only study five minutes a day, only study 15 minutes a day, discard all this notion of I have to be like other people or I have to achieve a certain level, yes. just devote a certain number of amount of time to it, enjoy the ride and know that by doing that, you're going to reap all these benefits that, you know, from this one thing that I, I can't think of any other thing that can give you all these benefits from just doing this one thing. See what I mean? I do. I do. You know, um, I once heard in Atomic Habits, I think that was what by James Clear, um, he spoke about how, um, the issue with a lot of people is not so much the, it's about showing up. So, um, so he would talk, he gave an example about the gym and he said that people look at where they're at and where they want to go. And that mountain seems so high. Mm -hmm. He's like, and that's what trips a lot of people up. He's like, the goal is he's like, you don't have a problem necessarily, for the most part, you don't have a problem doing the work. It's a problem of whether or not you're going to show up to do the work exactly. consistently. And so he he gave this really great, he gave one of his clients, he's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the gym <clears throat> and I want you to go work out for five minutes and leave. <laughs> uh -huh. And the guy did it, I think it was five minutes. The guy did it for about 21 days straight or, tw or like, you know, three weeks worth of like, you know, however many days a week going. You were uh, only allowed to do five minutes? Yeah, only allowed to do five minutes and then leave. <laughs> yeah, because what he was doing is he was getting him in the mindset of carving uh -huh. out the time to go and do five minutes and leave. Uh -huh. So what happened after the 21 days is the guy got to a point where like, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to leave. Like, I'm here. I might as well do the work. Because uh -huh. it was more of shaping the, 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 
showing up activity um, sure. and getting them in the habit of just showing up, not of doing the work because it's getting you, it, it's almost like easing you into the, um, the activity, not getting overwhelmed by the end result you're trying to achieve. And exactly. I, thought, I thought that was just so exactly. genius. It was. Right that. So to your point, it's like, oh, I'll log on today and do five minutes. I'll log on today and do five minutes. I'll log on today and do five minutes. Imagine you do that for 21, 30 days, whatever. After a while, you start going like, you know what? Let, let, let's just keep going. Let, let's do, do, do 10 minutes. Because you're show, like, as you show up, it starts, you know, it starts becoming a part of you. Mm-hmm. And, and then it becomes an extension of you as you continue to expand with it. So I think it's really cool. I, I, I totally dig what you're saying. I, I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And all, I, I, there, there's something similar. Like there was this guy who like wanted to, um, he wanted to get into the habit of flossing his teeth and he would always skip that. And so basically he made a pact with himself to just floss one tooth per night. That was all he had to do. That was, that was the maximum commitment he had to make. <laughs> <laughs> I can Could see that dude just flossing one tooth. <laughs> It's also, but it's it's cool and it, it's funny and that's and that's just it and it, it, the funny part is most people will go like that's ridiculous you're like so you can do it right like absolutely uh-huh. of course again like that's ridiculous it's so easy like cool just be consistent on that one tooth for about three weeks and see what happens like after uh-huh. you know It'll it's be the best floss tooth ever right you'll have a very clean <laughs> tooth and gum right in that area everything else will be like shit but you don't know uh-huh. no. so um you know and you kind of answered this question because I was curious like well. Actually, before I ask this question uh, about time, um, what's going on in schools that like is tripping people up and 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 both in real time of like what's happening in schools that's tripping people up. And then after the fact, people who, you know, maybe just older now and and they're like outside of the school system and that's all they can think of is like, oh, yeah, I remember when I tried to take French before and like, eh, you know. Uh, wasn't as easy, so uh, uh-huh. you know, school didn't really help me retain it. So why go back? Like there, I think they're in. In if I, maybe I'm using a little bit of my own personal experience, um, I'm lucky because I got to learn Spanish abroad. Um, but if I were to only have access to have had, if I would only had done it through school, I might look back and be like, Nah, I don't really want to go back and do that whole route again. So sure. what's going on in schools that's just tripping people up? Okay, and this is this is my personal opinion, just based on my experiences. Right. I mean, you've your mileage may vary with the analogy and stuff like that, but but my personal opinion, especially having gone and lived abroad in Switzerland and immersed myself in the culture and language, and then coming back, and then I like just I, I took a university French class after that, um, it, and that's where I did the Voltaire and the Rousseau. And it was like, oh my god, shoot me now! I this I just I just can't. It was just such a big difference. And, and the difference was the connection part. In a lot of those classes, like, okay, if I if I were to give a university class or a high school class, and I probably wouldn't be able to do this. See, I don't know how much these teachers are hamstrung by the curriculum requirements. That's the thing. And I, 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 can't, I can't comment um, with any degree of authority on this, but I suspect that there are these curriculum requirements that you have to get X, Y, Z, and so, so forth in order, to, in order to graduate the school year. And so you've got these curriculum requirements and then the thing is, if, if I were giving a university class, it would be, these are the thousand words, screw the grammar, it's not that important, as long as people can understand for now. If you want to deeper into that, that's fine, but you don't have to. Um, I personally love grammar, so I'm not saying that grammar isn't important, but like I said, the overriding thing is not get to get people to lose interest, and I'm just obsessing about grammar initially can cause people to lose interest. And so skip that, and then I would put, I would put like workstations 
for like I'd have one workstation per student and then they would actually get on every single day and then just talk to a native speaker in that language for like about five minutes. And initially they wouldn't be able to say anything. They'd just be completely clueless. And this is just going back to the, this is going back to the showing up for five minutes a day thing at the gym. I remember when I first went to the gym, um, I felt like a total loser. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know if you've actually seen pictures of me. I'm, I'm super skinny and, um, and I bench press I don't know, probably one tenth of what most people bench press. And it's pretty, it's pretty, if people were to actually like pay attention to me at the gym, it would be a pretty sad sight, I think. And that's kind of like what I was like focusing on uh, in the same way that a lot of language learners focus on, oh my God, I sound like an idiot. I don't understand, I'm gonna trip <laughs> up. I look, I, I'm such a loser. And then you find out that after a while, like after like, I'd say like about a week, it was like, you know what? Nobody cares. Nobody's even looking at me. And if they look at me, they smile at me because like they're handing me a towel or something like that. And it's like all these things that I imagined about like looking like an idiot. I mean, first of all, it's, it's pretty rare that people look like an idiot in the eyes of other people as much as they do in their heads. But, um, but secondly, it was like a total non-issue. And especially like you said, with languages, there are a lot of there are a lot of cultures where if you just make a minimal of effort, just like learn a couple of words, they're like, whoa, that is so cool. I can't say that's true in all cultures. Like Swedish has to be like one of the most thankless languages I've learned because everyone there thinks they have the God-given right to speak English with a few wonderful exceptions. Um, rant over. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> but in general, like Spanish speakers, Italian speakers, Italians are wonderful. Ita like I, I, I think I was an Italian in a, in a former life. They're just like speaking Italian and learning Italian has just opened up so many doors for me. These people are so hospitable and nice. And and I just like I said, I wish that on everyone to experience that. And um, so so getting back to your question. Yeah, a lot of teachers I find also, I mean, because these poor teachers, they haven't gone and lived abroad like like you and I have. And so they studied their they studied languages in college, they got their degree, they got a teaching certificate, and now they're here having many of them not having traveled or traveled very long, and then they're tasked to teach the language. And they can do that. They can teach the mechanics of it, they can teach the grammar, they can teach you the French subjunctive, they can teach you like all these things, but but I remember sitting in that university class and in the end I could speak better than the professor um, because I had lived in the country and he was just kind of, I felt like he was just kind of hiding behind the literature, this really twisted complex literature and these, these, these just horrifyingly mind numbingly boring essays that you had to write. And he was using that as a crutch for actually not going deeper into the, like the connection and the communication part because he himself didn't know that. See what I mean? So I can't, I can't fault him for doing that. But on the other hand, it doesn't very make for it doesn't make for a very good vehicle to demystify the whole process and show you how really easy, I wouldn't say easy, but so show you how less horrifying than you think it is. See what I mean? I do. You know, you made a really good point. Um, grammar and literature. It's like they're trying to teach us from either a historical context or a literary context or like a you know here here's some some bigger fancier tools to you know learn it from because i'm lazy <laughs> i'm not saying no i mean i'm not saying that it's like that it's just that i think that i i think teaching style is really really important and i think that that's you're absolutely right. Like I noticed that, you know, we'd focus so much on grammar, just like we wouldn't like the English language. And, and it's funny because um, not to go on a, a rant, but kind of, I mean, like 
I'm considered like a writer, like I'm a writer, but I'm not a writer by I went to school to become a writer, a writer because I love to write. And the way I write is I write the way I think and speak um, uh -huh. and and for the web, which is why my content is so sticky. But if you were to go into school, they'd be like, oh, no, 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 that's not the way you write. I'm like, well, either did Bukowski and he started sentences <laughs> with and and but and then he, he just basically <laughs> said whatever I wanted it. He wanted to say and uh -huh. I do the same thing. And I was like, and why do I get hundreds of thousands of people that read it? And like, you know, but I don't, it's not grammatically correct. So it kind of showed me, it's basically to your point that it's like, if you just can speak from a, a place of the words that, that you need to know and kind of piece them together and build from there. And the other thing that you said uh, that I, I also really appreciated too, is that um, uh, we okay the gym is definitely a good analogy about how you feel when you first start off at the gym i noticed that yeah i could i was a little self-conscious when i'd go to other countries but in a lot of ways i wasn't and and i think a lot of people can relate to this is that you don't know the language so it almost has a lot less meaning until you start to really know the language so it's like uh -huh. you say something in another language somebody else may laugh you're like yeah i don't care <laughs> because like because you're like oh no you said this word instead of that i'm like oh yeah okay no that's kind of uh, funny that's kind of funny but like you don't have a like a cuss word or like a, a phrase that like told somebody off and something like that but to you it doesn't it doesn't have the same context as as, as or i mean to me like as the as an american language because i'm like oh is that what i said like because they're they're foreign words they're not something i was raised with or not something that i normally speak so uh, in an essence it almost breaks down the 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 self-conscious a little bit because it is another language that the context isn't fully there yet for you. So I say like, it's so, so easy for people to kind of build off of that from there. So I like the fact that you're like, yeah, if we just focus on just core key words and piece them together and, and be able to, to speak, um, you know, I, I was, I was looking, um, I brought up polytripper. I, I looked it up the other day after you told me to, and I've, I, I also have it up in front of me right now. Um, and it's cool how you have it set up. It's like, um, I, I want you to talk a little bit about this because sure, sure. you're making it a lot easier for people to be like, oh, look, look, there's somebody that's really cool to connect with, just like you would like on any other platform for other things. And sure. it's like, oh, cool. Like I can, I can go connect with them, um, do one lesson or bulk 10 lessons, you know, you know, and I can pick like a certain type of speaker from a certain type of country, et cetera. Sure. Um, I just want to like, just to your previous point about, um, about, um, not being self-conscious just want to quickly like yeah, answer that. Of course. Um, I think one of the things like one of the things that makes language learners successful like people like you and me is that we're not afraid to look like an idiot like if I if I screw up like one one example like in early on in Switzerland I, I experienced that like I was I was trying to say like um, like a lowering of the temperature and instead of, instead of saying une baisse de température I said une baisse de température and so baisse means to lower and baisse means to to fuck you said i could swear so i'm gonna oh yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead it. um <laughs> and they just the two girls they just kind of giggle <laughs> and it was like and i was like okay what did i just say and um the thing is i i thought it was hilarious but but the thing is you and me i i get the impression that we're not afraid to look dumb a lot of things that are holding language people up, people learning languages up is they're super, there's some people that are super afraid to look dumb, just like there's some people that are super afraid of public speaking, for example. Mm. And I would argue that, yes, it's going to be more difficult. And 
A, it's going to be more difficult for them, and B, it's probably the most single most important thing that you can do for your person of development to overcome that fear is to address that issue. You know, to to be afraid of not be afraid of looking stupid and stuff like that. So that's why I think it's it's great for everyone. It's great for people like us because um, because uh, it you know, it increases all this stuff, but also like for people that have hangups about this, what a better way to address that hangup than to just freaking get over it, make a lot, make a lot of mistakes, look, maybe look silly in the beginning, but not that much. And then realize just like me in the gym that, you know what, it's not that big a deal. And actually I, I feel liberated because of that. Well, I, I think you brought up a really great point right there because breaking down that self-consciousness will lead into everything else because it's yep. like, if you're trying to learn a language and you, and you break down the, you know, the worry and the fear of like, you know, looking stupid and you just kind of like learn it. it, it'll lead into like, oh, I, I'm building a startup. I need help. Oh, I'm trying to get this done and um, learn how to do this. I need help. Like it, it exactly. breaks you down and makes you a lot less self-conscious to ask for help, which is, is funny to me <laughs> because when yeah. you ask for help is how you get far in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So yeah, going back to pivoting back to, to Polytripper. Yeah. yeah. This is this is kind of like the, the business model is kind of like an Airbnb or Uber, basically matching mm -hmm. language teachers to language learners. And there are two kinds of teachers that we have on our site. One are professional teachers, and those are for those are people who have uh, credentials. And unlike other websites, we don't require a specific set of credentials for people to be called professional teachers. We just ask them to exhibit a certain degree of professionalism as far as being able to deal with beginners, prepare lessons in advance, actually detail, you know, make structured lesson plans for the students. And it's the professional teachers that are going to be of the most benefit to beginners, because if you just go on there not knowing any Russian and then find a Russian professional teachers, I don't know if we, we have one Russian, I don't know if he's professional or not, but um, if you find, a, we have professional Spanish teachers, for example, and if you go there, they're the people that will actually just hold your hand and just walk you through this from the beginning. And I, I really strongly believe that, that no matter what your level is, you should always be speaking with someone. You should always start by speaking with someone, even in the beginning. In the beginning, if they, even if it's just, I don't know anything, and then they're just showing you these flashcards, mouthing the words for you, and you try to repeat them, uh, you should always start because when you divorce your language learning from actually talking to people in that language, then A, you're depriving yourself of the feedback loop that you need in order to better yourself. And B, it becomes this really sterile thing. Like, I, okay, I love things like things like everyone's probably lingo and babble and, and stuff like that, especially Duolingo. Um, one of the, it's Duolingo is a great component for language learning, but a lot of people only focus on that. They only do the drill and practice. They only like do the, they try to make their streaks, like the, the, the number of days in a row that you, um, that you um, haven't, that you've practiced. They try to preserve their streaks and they Duolingo has done a great job of gamifying this. But the concern I have is that in that gamification, it, you it becomes a substitute for what you really need, which is conversational practice. And so that's, that's what Polytripper is trying to address the absolutely essential uh, component of language learning, which is conversational practice, which you can initiate at any stage during your language learning. Um, and so we've got professional teachers and then we've got community tutors. The, the, the beautiful part about Polytripper is that anyone who wants to teach a language who exhibits like a certain degree of responsibility, like, okay, I'm going to show up when I say I show up, I'm going to like accept my lessons in a timely manner, can, can sign up to be a teacher. And if you're an informal tutor, it's basically freeform conversation. There's no, there's no um, expectation that you, that you do things in a certain way. With professional, there is that expectation. And so basically teachers sign up 
they set their prices, they set their own prices, um, just like Airbnb, they set their own schedule. And then students can go on there, they can browse the teachers, they can look for a teacher, we can, you can, they can see whether they're native languages, or like native teachers or not native teachers. Um, and you can basically choose a teacher based on listening to their intro video, you can listen to them, typically they speak in English and in their own language, or if they teach multiple languages that you can hear them speaking multiple languages. And just based on the video and their schedule and your current level, you can book a lesson and then it's just like Airbnb, we facilitate the payments. And then after that, you do the lesson on video chat, either Zoom or Skype or Hangouts and so on and so forth. And like I said, it's a really essential component to language learning. And it's also a way that people can get not only the feedback loop, but also the connection, the human connection, which you desperately, desperately need, especially when you, when you're learning something, um, one of the things that it also gives you is this degree of accountability. Because for example, with Italian, there are weeks that I'm just gung-ho about it and I'm learning the grammar and stuff like that. There are weeks that I don't do crap. I don't do anything. And yet I've got that lesson every Sunday at nine o'clock in the morning. And so it's a guarantee that I'm going to practice my Italian for an hour and also a guarantee that I will continue keeping that alive in my head because, because I have to show up for that. And also it's like having a partner to go to the gym with, like, I, I can't blow that off. If I blow that off, then I've broken my commitment. She won't get money. And, and so it's like a, it's like, and also like a lot of, <laughs> I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to, I, I don't want to say this the wrong way because I don't want people to think that this is a substitute for therapy sessions, but for people who believe in therapy, like me, like believe in, 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 um, a shrink costs a hundred bucks an hour. And sometimes like these people become my friends. Okay. They're not shrinks. They're not, don't take this the wrong way. But sometimes I could just like, if I'm having a bad week, I could just like tell them all my problems in Italian or Spanish or whatever. And man, like for, for 12 bucks, it's a lot cheaper than, <laughs> than, <laughs> than going to a shrink. I'm not saying that people should do this, but there's like a friendship component of that too. And like, I've actually befriended so many of my teachers and visited them in different parts of Italy and, and gotten personal guided tours of Venice and, um, and gotten to stay with my family in Sicily. And, and I just, like I said, I can't just for this one thing that checks off so many boxes. I just, I, I wish that on everyone. I can't, I can't, I can't articulate for people who haven't actually experienced it, how amazing this is. No, it's, it, it is awesome, actually. I, you're right. I mean, we're not advocating that somebody not use a therapist. No, please don't do that. But I am in agreement <laughs> with you that like if, when you can connect with somebody and they become your friend and then you're also speaking it in a language, so you're practicing the language while also venting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're killing two birds with one stone. Yes. Um, yes. It's cool. I mean, I, I was as you were um, as you were talking, I was I was looking up all the different languages and the different people and I was thinking, wow, like French, Italian, those are, you know, two top of the uh, top of the list languages for me. Um, how so for anybody listening, you know, so there's Currently, there's Arabic, German, English, Spanish, French, Hindi, Italian, Portuguese, Russian, Turkmen, Turkish, and Vietnamese. How many more languages do you anticipate adding, or how? What's your process like for adding more? That's that's a very good question. Unlike other sites, if you go to like competitor sites, you'll see like a list of a bazillion languages, and then you'll pick one, and then nobody will be teaching that. Right. Um, our languages, we accept any teacher for any language, and that combo box is a function of the actual teachers that we have. And mm. so if, if somebody speaks um, some Aboriginal language and thinks they can make money from it and then wants to teach it on our platform, mm. 
welcome. And this is this is my this is my um, ask for anyone anyone listening. If you want to learn with us, you're welcome. Please come. We'll we'll support you in any way we can. And if you want to teach with us, you're also welcome. We need teachers. We especially need teachers in um, for languages like French. And we have we have like a couple of French teachers. We have only one German teacher, I think. But we're new. We're just like two months old, so we're just starting out. And you said that. You know, you wanted me to. You want people to give you the the unfiltered, real version of, of where they're at. This is this is where we're at. We're just we're we're super eager. We're starting out. We're two. But this is founded by two polyglots. My wife is a polyglot, also. She's from the Netherlands, um, and so we we would just love to be to get help with this in in any way you can help us, either by taking a language with us because you believe in this model and you believe in all the benefits that a language can give you, or at least you want to try that out. Just like if you want to come take a tour of our gym in quotes in order to see what a workout is like then you're welcome but if you want to teach with us or if you know somebody that's able to teach with us like that's also welcome and then you'll see that list of languages in the combo box grow as we have more teachers which teach different languages oh count me in um i i know you told me to look up some some languages i'm 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 gonna do this and then the best part i mean I'm going to tell people about it, but I'm not going to tell them whether I'm doing it or not because I want to surprise people. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. I, I've always had this thing with languages that like, I think it's cool to learn and then use them when it's time. And um, there's nothing more fun for me than um, for people to assume wrong and look at you like, oh, American, he doesn't know what we're saying. And then be uh -huh. in that environment and then just start speaking their language. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> I've always wanted, I did that a little bit in um, like a little bit with Spanish. I've done that. And then um, but as far as like other languages, it, it's it's funny when but it, it's funny, like because they they're talking and then it's not until you say something. I remember one time I was in an elevator. Um, I think this was in Peru. And uh, clearly, like the the ladies in the elevator you know, knew I was American and they were speaking and they didn't know I knew Spanish. <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, I, I said something very light, like, like a quick sentence or whatever. And they started to blush like, Oh, whoops. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize you knew. Oh and, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, and, uh, and which was funny because, uh, like <laughs> one of them was being very polite and saying like, Oh, what a handsome man or something like that. And I, I just, <laughs> I was just saying, you know, uh, so that, like, I just responded like, it's a really, it's a really nice day. Isn't it today and then they both uh -huh. looked at me like oh shoot they, they were older ladies like, don't they, you, you love know. that don't yeah. you love that that's the you know the best language for that is swedish because they freak out they freak the hell out when you say something to them in swedish because no swedish person ever expects a foreigner to learn their language that's just for true. the hell of it that's true <laughs> you know funny funny story um here's where I, I i made the connection with language as a very important thing and it's the smallest funniest little nothing thing but what happened was I was about to study abroad in Spain and I traveled from the States to uh, Amsterdam. So I was at Schiphol Airport and which uh -huh. for anybody listening, some may know this because we have a global audience, but Schiphol Airport, it's quite large. And it was my first time out of the country. I did not know where I was going. I was in a rush to get through customs so I can catch my other flights, which I did miss, by the way. And uh -huh. I'm in this elevator with this family and this like five-year-old or four-year-old and they're all speaking um dutch and i you know and it was interesting the the son did something funny and i started to laugh and they started speaking me to me in dutch uh-huh and i just i like but as they were speaking they were also laughing and so i was laughing uh -huh. and then the elevator stopped 
and they walked out and as they were walking out they looked back and said ciao which i know is goodbye you know uh-huh. and and i was smiling after that i'm like we just communicated and I have no idea what they just said. You know what I mean? But it was so interesting to me because they thought I understood. Uh-huh. Just because I was la- I was just laughing at the at the little boy. He was just he was he was cute. He was a cute kid. He was just doing something funny. And uh-huh. so I was laughing at that. And then when they were laughing and talking out loud, we're laughing at the same time, and I'm kind of smiling and like nodding my head with them. It was funny how we connected, even without me knowing anything they said. And that tripped me out in a whole different way of like. One, I knew I was going to be fine from that point on because that was my first trip out of the States and like all by uh-huh. myself and I'm about, I'm moving out there. It's not like I'm, you know, so I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be totally fine. I'm like, I had no idea what they just said, but yeah, we're going to be cool. This is going <laughs> to, I was like, this is going to be fine. Like, cause I learned like body language and connecting with people and that like, you don't have to be in the same culture, the same like um, language to, to like help and to connect i don't know it was just it was very powerful for me so um oh yeah you know so that that became kind of like my fascination with like okay we got spanish down what's next you know (laughs) then i went into Uh italian and you know some others along the way but but yeah i i'm i'm gonna be one of those people on your platform that's gonna take uh i want to i want to like set up some dates and start taking them in there and just uh i mean obviously anybody that my my fan base will now know that i'm doing it <laughs> that uh-huh. are listening to this but everybody else uh you know they're not gonna have a clue and then i'm just gonna kind of pull the whole james bond scenario and just start traveling the world again because <laughs> i've been over 40 countries but i'm gonna start traveling again and just be like like you know surprising people globally <laughs> oh, do it and, and like one, one of the things that's really cool and what this will be this will be more popular once we have more teachers is we have this thing called instant lessons and no other platform has this but us like there are a couple of other platforms that have this but i um i think it became too technically difficult for them or i don't know what the reasons are but i'm i'm an enterprise software developer and so and so that's the cool thing about this site we designed it from the ground up like ourselves but instant lessons are this really cool thing where instead of like actually booking a lesson in advance and setting a date in advance, you can just go on there and check a box, show me all the teachers for this language who are online right now and who have made themselves available for instant lessons. And if they're available, you just click a button, buy a lesson, and then instantly you you can connect with them and just start talking that language. That's how I've met a number of my current um um, regular teachers in the past just by hopping online and seeing oh this this is a new person i'm i'm in a mood for italian yeah sure I'll, I'll try them out so that's that's something that we have that other sites don't have and also you know another another advantage we have um, for people that are altruistic like this is we pay our teachers we take 33 percent less in commissions from our teachers than all of our competitors than most of our competitors um, so we treat our teachers better we have instant lessons and we're founded by two polyglots. And so basically um, what I'm saying with that is if if you, especially now we're small, um, that has its downsides that we don't have as many teachers. On the other side, on the other hand, we're two passionate people who absolutely love this. I would, I would help people with this even if I weren't getting paid for it. And so if you personally have any questions, if you want help uh, about how to learn a language, about picking a certain teacher, I know a lot of these teachers personally, a lot of them are friends. And so I could, I could help you pick a teacher if you want. Um, people can reach out to us. I absolutely love it. Even if there's not a financial transaction that ends up at the other end of it, I love talking about this stuff. I love helping people. So please reach out 
ask me questions, talk to me. We have Facebook Lives every Saturday where I'm willing to answer any question anyone has about language learning. Um, I absolutely love this stuff. And I think that's also what makes a big difference with our site because we just love this stuff and we just love helping people and helping people see what's at the other side of this, this thing that, that, that is just so amazing. No, this is this is really cool. And it's really well done. It's very it's very easy to manage. I love uh, um, I was like looking at some of the Italian um, teachers. And so, you know, it, it shows like, you know, for per lesson or for 10 lessons. And then you've got the the video and then you've got um, like their calendar right there, which you can kind of see, you know, you can see which days work for you. It's cool. I'm going to well, we'll talk offline. I'm going to I'm going to pick uh, I'm going to I'm going to I don't know if I should start off with one or two languages. I think that is probably <laughs> it's probably dangerous. I do, too. I should probably just start with one. But, um, you know, I, I think this is cool what you're doing. And um, you. and I think it's very it's very important. I, you know, I told you the other day, I, I, I was like, oh, you know, a new subject that needs to be spoken more about because um, I just don't think that people realize the power. We're living in a more globally connected world. If the Internet hasn't taught you that, like you know, the people traveling like never before should be teaching you that. And there's so much more power in not just going to these places because you're taking a vacation, but because you're immersing yourself in an experience. And I just think that people like, there's so much more you can do with that. And your opportunities are like, like become crazy. Like, I mean, from traveling and just being able to connect, people have been like, oh, hey, like, um, so you, you do that over in the States? I'm like, yeah, you know, oh, we also have this over here. We'd love to get your help on this. Uh, maybe we can work exactly. out a deal. Like, I've had people yeah. who are like, we can work out a deal. You can get a revenue share. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Yes. Most people don't realize how, how powerful the networking opportunities are with this kind of stuff, too. Yeah. You know, it, it really is incredible, like, what happens. And, um, and then you just meet really, really great people along the way yeah. from it. You know what I mean? So uh cool um i can think of a couple of extra languages that i'm hoping that will also come in there at some point but um, just just start with one lesson like don't like don't give yourself these grandiose goals that you may or may not achieve just start with one lesson and oh, see if you like it or not yeah no for me absolutely i was saying i was thinking about other languages that would be cool for the platform to have no 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 uh, i, I oh, can yeah, only no, I, if you know teachers please send them our way we, yeah we love we, we love getting more teachers yeah and i think to your point about you know staying focused on one and having fun with it and like doing a lesson and then you know and then maybe like setting some time aside you know each week and stuff like that and it's like oh no and it's sunday at 9 a.m let's do this um you know over some coffee i mean yeah <laughs> oh yeah no there have been so many times that i've like that i just like like an idiot i stayed up till three in the morning and then i was like oh i, I should really cancel that italian lesson otherwise i'm gonna only get six hours of sleep or five hours of sleep and i'm like you know what i'm no this that wouldn't be fair to her and i do it and then my italian advances for that week even yeah. though i would totally have blown that off if i hadn't had that accountability partner baked in totally get and it. also to speak to your point about the the internet um that a lot of like living in the in the other country is the best way of learning a foreign language but that's not practical for most people and we are living in the golden age of the internet i i just it's just amazing like i've been learning languages for for decades now and the ease that which you can do it now for example with my italian i got to fluency completely online and then, then I finally went over there and I rewarded, rewarded myself with a week-long language course in, in Genoa, Italy, in an actual language school there. But my Italian was so good that I actually I had to get a private teacher instead of taking group lessons because it I wouldn't have gotten as much out of the group lessons as a private teacher. But just to be able to do that totally online, whereas this would have been inconceivable 20 years ago, is just 
amazing. I mean, we're really living in a fascinating times that this technology makes this possible. Absolutely. Um, where can everybody find out about about Polytripper or connect with you online? Um, you can go to polytripper.com. Uh, P-O-L-Y-T-R-I-P-P-E-R. It's a really weird name. All the SoCal people think that I'm talking about polyamory and acid trips and stuff like that. So um, either the name is going to be like a stumbling block or it's going to be like uh, an eyebrow raising thing that's actually positive for us because it's getting people's interest. Uh, but yeah, po polytripper.com. And if you want to write us, write us at support at polytripper.com. One L, P-O-L-Y-T-R-I-P-P-E-R.com. Uh, we read every email, we answer every email. And I just love that we're so small right now that I have the luxury of doing that because two years from now, three years from now, that's not going to be the case. And that's going to be a shame for me not to be able to, to answer every email. Like you said, also at the beginning of your podcast that you answer every email, it's just, I just love being able to have the right. luxury of doing that. And so whoever joins us right now is going to get a lot more TLC and personal attention from us than potentially two, three years down the road. So this is really the best time to do this. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I remember what you told me the other day about what people, people, uh, when they hear the name, I mean, but I got it right away. I'm like, Oh, like a polyglot. And then uh, like taking a trip around the world, like I, you know, poly tripper, like languages and trips. Got it. Oh, <laughs> but that's, that's, that's not even the best part. The best part is that tripper in German is like a venereal disease. Oh, so when no. I found that out, I was like, crap, I already got the logo and the business name and everything. <laughs> but they're like, don't worry, it'll probably be okay. But <laughs> that's like another, that's another interesting yeah, well, you know, I, I learned, uh, was it from Brazil? You know how Americans do the A-OK, -okay, like with the three fingers up in the circle? uh-huh <laughs> that means i think that means fuck you down in brazil or uh, yeah, like that. yeah, and I, yeah. <laughs> I was i was i was at thunderbird getting my mba and i'm uh -huh. <laughs> i remember doing that uh no so we we this just goes to show you so uh, i had a, a lot of brazilian friends at school and there was a group that had brazilians that um were up doing their presentation before us and they were giving in the presentation they were actually they were they were talking about um the cultural differences and and something to think about from a like case point for business and they and one of the guys mentioned that with the three fingers up and the circle <laughs> of the fingers that this means you know uh fuck you in in, in uh down in brazil uh -huh. and i put my hands in my face and i looked at my team they're like what i'm like we actually have a photo in the presentation of somebody uh -huh. holding their, their their hand up like that uh -huh. And they're uh, like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, so I mean, but it made for it made for good comedy. We went up, we did the presentation. I'm like, and as many of you will just have learned from our previous uh, counterparts and our friends over here, that this is highly unacceptable. But, you know, you get the, <laughs> you uh -huh. get the point. So, yeah, oh. I mean, it, you know, it happens. But it, it's interesting. I mean, it's the things we don't know about, you know. And, and, well, that was one of the things that they taught at school, too, was that, like, even when they do like the names of cars, like Chevy had that problem yes, because down Nova, in the yes, the Nova, because yeah. down in Mexico, <laughs> they had different, they would do different car names. Uh -huh. Well, they had to take the same car, but do different names because if they tried to, to, to translate the, the name over into another culture, it was actually very insulting in some, in some, um, some uh countries so uh, we, we had to, for people that, was, that are listening nova in spanish means doesn't go so yeah it's probably a pretty <laughs> bad name for a car so oh, okay. i gotta i gotta tell you about this one thing that's something similar that happened to me in bogota colombia so wanda and i were there we were palling around with her spanish teacher there we were just going all around and they had this lgbt parade 
that was going on. And I was like, that is so cool because like, I thought that, you know, Latin American countries were more conservative with this stuff, but apparently this is like a big parade and people are just going out and, and marching and also just, just, just all over the city that day. So I remember I went up to a couple of them and I was like, high five. And I gave him a high five and the guy just kind of looked at me really weird and he gave me the high five and he just walked away totally weirded out. And um, my Spanish teacher was like, what did you just do? And I'm like, I gave him a high five. And he's like, what is that? I was like, crap. Uh -oh. <laughs> like, so I guess, yeah, people. So I just went into this total, this thing that nobody knew what I was doing just to kind of show support. And they, did, they didn't know what a high five was. How was I supposed to know that they didn't have a high five in Bogota, Colombia? Especially, I mean, because it's also a sports thing. And like, you know, sports globally is like a common language. You know what I mean? And you, you see high fiving in sports, but maybe not <laughs> maybe not in Colombia. I guess, so. I, guess I, I, I don't know. I guess, yeah, but, but the guy was like okay he kind of like gave me the high five really gingerly and then walked like, away like am i supposed my to hit this like what did you just do <laughs> <laughs> how many how many languages does your wife speak she speaks five got it that's that's always been my goal is five i mean you know if i got uh -huh. the eight cool but five five is yeah that's that's awesome man that's unbelievable um listen Moan, this has been exceptional. Um, so I want you to know, I, I tell this to everybody that comes on the show, it's a journey-driven podcast, so you're welcome back on anytime. I'd love to see you know, how the progression of this thing builds, and sure. if you want to come back on and talk about some other aspect or some other, you know, whether it be from the entrepreneurial journey or from even from a cultural perspective as well. Like There's so much things that we can unpack easily <laughs> on another hour. It, believe it or not, it's already been an hour and 10 minutes. I know, I uh, know. The time just flew. I was freaking out in the beginning, but it just I told by. you, it happens all all the time as everybody says it's like therapy or business therapy nice. for a lot of people <laughs> so yeah so i that's why i also got what you meant about even when you're learning a language you know um but yeah you're welcome back on anytime and i i really appreciate the conversation H uh, you know hang back for a second we'll, we'll we'll connect here offline in a second but i really sure. just wanted to say thank you for being on the show i really appreciate it sure yeah thank you I'll, I'll i'll write to you periodically and just tell you what's going on with me and then if that leads to like you're thinking that it would be appropriate for me to come on again then, then we can do that absolutely absolutely and everybody listening please reach out to mohan um you can go to what is it it was at support at support uh, at polytripper.com with one l support at polytripper.com um go you know go google polytripper go on the site um very 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 easy platform which i'm a big fan of good ui ux for you know, getting to the point and, and, um, you know, test it out, try it out. Let, let me know what, what you think as well, too. I'm going to do it. Uh, for anybody listening, I'm going to probably do French first. I think that's what I'm going to do. Um, just because if I do Italian, that's kind of like my way of saying, well, I've done Spanish all these years. I might as well do Italian. <laughs> like I'm going to actually <laughs> go French. Um, and, uh, I, uh, really appreciate you being on the show. And Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So for everybody listening, uh, for my good friend Mohan here, Mohar, Mohan Embar, co-founder of Polytripper, check out polytripper.com. Uh, for myself, Matt Gossman, for The Hustle Sold Separately, we are out.